0: Fascinating for Chris to take us back four weeks. That evening I was heading off to Uganda to meet up with Trevor, who was already there, though his bags weren't. We picked those up on our way through. And I remember coming out of the service being kind of a bit nervous about that trip. The adventure that I was taking, stepping out of the boat. And this is what happened next. The tarmac turned to Murram Road Roadworks, potholes and even worse and worse again There were a hundred miles without a signpost To tell us what was at the end Lights were few, very far between And the darkness closed right in We were seeing nothing up ahead But fear's ferocious grin We found ourselves further out than doubt And there was nowhere to go back to we just drove on, the petrol low, and dug deep to find the faith through. We had strayed too far beyond warning, and now knew what the dangers were. Nervous laughter turned to silence, a car full of frightened prayer. No night dancers, the crack was good. May you never be out there alone, and may home come out to meet you as you make your journey home. When there is no hope, she said There is a very big illness It dehydrates your soul strength And ravages your resilience Hope is just enough faith, he said That in spite of what you see You can see what you're seeing changing Into what it is going to be No night dancers, the crack was good May you never be out there alone And may home come out to meet you as you make your journey home Trevor, uh, Ruth, David, Mikey you have no idea the sermon you've come into today because it's all about that trip and some of the things that Trevor and I heard and learned in the way Trevor said to us after that trip don't ask us how we got onto that road I'll tell you how frightened I was last Sunday night at Brent's uh, uh, ordination Um, I was sitting behind Tim McGowan, and he'd read the poem on the blog, and he turned around and he said, how did you ever get into that position? Tim being with Tearfund and in all kinds of times in Africa. He also told me a story about Cerruti that changes my love for it from the uh, pessimism I had that night that we couldn't find it. Here we were on a road that we shouldn't have been on, taking the advice of the wrong people, and the road got worse and worse and the night got longer and longer and the darkness got darker and darker and there was that moment. The laughter turned to a very nervous laughter turned to a silence because we didn't know if we were getting to Sirote and you don't want to be on an African road in the dark. Trevor described it the next morning as Saruti came out and met us. It was a bit like that. No signposts for a hundred miles. And then Saruti, eight kilometers. Praise the good Lord. It was frightening. But Saruti almost came to meet us. And it took took me back to a sermon that Doug Gay, who I quote a lot, you'll be aware, spoke at our church weekend a couple of Januarys ago. Uh, Doug preached to Ian Archer, who was singing on uh, Friday night at the OES oh yeah Centre um, in the Four Corners at Ian and Miriam's wedding. Uh, Doug preached a sermon that talked about home coming to meet us on our journey home. Ian and Miriam were setting up their lives, setting up their home. So Doug concentrated on home and if you've heard Doug he's good in the Old Testament and he's good in that Babylonian exile type thing and he said in that sermon the God of Israel has a heart which warms to the homelessness and the lostness of human beings. The exiles of Eden and Babel Babel, are promised a home. And he says that comes in two ways. One was our belief that the end of the journey was home. The end was not extinction or defeat or hopelessness or just nothing. The end of the journey for the exiles, for the people of God, for the children of Israel was a home. But secondly, Doug said, and that's one, this is one of the things that has stuck with me over the 20 years since that wedding sermon. The other way of coping was through a belief. That the journey itself could be a home. That even when you cannot go home, home can come to you. When you're on the journey to a home, God brings home to you on your journey. Doug went on. Through Jesus, God will bring home into your home when Jesus breaks bread for you and pours wine when Jesus forgives you when Jesus frees you to forgive one another when Jesus frees you to choose something together that Babylon calls worthless when Jesus turns the world's water into wine you will know you will know it without even having to tell one another you will know when home comes to meet you on that journey to Ceruti. Home and Ceruti Came to meet us And I couldn't help but think About how I felt On that 4x4 four four When I was looking at the story of Simon Peter's Mother-in-law this week Just a couple of verses In there in Mark Because there's only time for a couple of verses Because Nick Cave the singer says that he loves Mark Because it's just absolutely full tilt It's 100 miles an hour Think of chapter 1 where we've covered some of it in the last few weeks and there are so many things in it. Think of the verses that Maureen read just this morning and there are so many things going on in it. But right there in the middle of it is this moment where uh, coming out of the synagogue where Jesus has dealt with the demon-possessed man in the synagogue and dealt with the bad air that we talked about last week in the synagogue being sent out. He then goes into a home, Simon Peter's home and having dealt with that which is dark that ferocious grin that meets us when we're in the community of God in the synagogue he now comes into the home and he shows how God wants to be present in the home environment also as Simon Peter's mother-in-law finds herself in a position on the road to Ceruti, fever not being well in that day was not going to see Eileen and Eileen giving you a couple of paracetamol. This could be life-ending. This could be vocation not able to be fulfilled. This would be a frightening place that Simon Peter's mother-in-law is in with the fever and the illness that she has. She was on a dark night on the way to Sirote. And on her journey home, Home comes into her home. Jesus comes, Emmanuel, God with us. Home meets us as we journey home. Interestingly, I'm going to take two words in this and concentrate them on them a little bit out of this these verses about the mother-in-law. First of all, Jesus simply, it says, raised her up. Lifted her up. And apparently it's the same word. That is used for Jesus being raised up. In Mark 16 verse 6. Don't be alarmed. You were looking for Jesus a Nazarene. Who was crucified. He has been raised up. He has been lifted up. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. And then they're told to go back to Galilee. Where this happened. So right at the end of Mark. Mark. He's telling them to go back to Mark chapter 1, to where they started it all, and where people were raised up on a seemingly verse-by-verse kind of time scale. Where they're on the dark road to Sirote, where the disciples have lost all hope, where the Messiah has been killed and is in a tomb, where all seems lost and they're looking into the eyes of that ferocious grin of fear. They're told to think back to that moment those moments in galilee go back to galilee because he's coming he has been raised up the same resurrection word was used for simon peter's mother-in-law resurrection meeting us on the journey home coming to meet us in our dark journeys of the soul hope breathing life into that which is lost if i go back to my poem um, there's a few lines by a few people in there Trevor was the one that kept saying the next, uh, the, the next day no night dancers and the crack was good and, but then I went back to Annette that we'd met a couple of days before and Annette said to Trevor and I uh, uh, lack of hope is a big illness lack of hope is a big illness and then I turn in the poem to uh, Jim Wallace, who spoke here a few years ago. And he talks about how hope is believing in spite of the evidence and watching the evidence change. Hope is a big illness, Annette says. Hope, in its best Christian sense, is believing in spite of the evidence and watching the evidence change. I would love to know, by the power of the Spirit, and He, the Spirit of God is the only one who knows... Which one of the three of us in the car, Trevor, myself, or Keith, who was driving, had most hope at that point that in spite of the evidence of the road we were on, Sir was out in front. I'll tell you this, I was third in the list. I was third in the list. I was not sure that the evidence was going to change. But that's hope. That's resurrection. That is the kingdom of God, home, coming to meet us, on our journey home. Hope, lack of hope, no hope is a big illness. But in the Gospels we hear time and time again reason for us to hope that in spite of the evidence, the evidence will change. Wallace was talking about the South African apartheid era. In spite of the evidence, Desmond Tutu believed and hoped and watched the evidence change. I wonder if Peter looked at his mother-in-law and in spite of the evidence knew that God, Emmanuel, was with him in that home. And that Jesus would bring resurrection hope to his mother-in-law at that point. But that's what Jesus does. And as we've been thinking about in Desi's prayers, as we've been thinking about as we've been singing oceans. As we've been thinking about since the outset of this service. All of us are ourselves ourselves or no people around us in need of resurrection, in need of hope to be breathed in, need that home to come and meet us on our journey home. We need to believe in spite of the evidence, but we also need to be resurrection bringers and hope breathers. The other word is the word, Served, um, or uh, waited on them, as in the reading that Maureen gave. When um, Peter's mother-in-law is raised, when resurrection meets, when the hope of God comes, when God with us changes the scenario, she immediately starts to serve. Now I'm in Fitzroy, and let me tell you, if we put something up on this in this board here that is not inclusive language of his and hers. I get it either out there at the back Or in there at the coffee We like our equality of gender And we could look at this and say Oh that's a little bit sexist Because as soon as she's healed Instead of Simon Peter saying Mother in law you just sit on there And I'll go and get the tea ready They allow her to go and do it It's a cultural thing It's a cultural thing That again Bless him he didn't know what he was coming for this morning, Then again I watched Trevor having to deal with in Uganda. Whether it was Annette who got down on her knees in front of Trevor or whether it was a grandmother of one of the alumni when we went and they said, oh, I can't believe this young man is here. Trevor wasn't so sure that he looked so young, but uh, that's what she was convinced of. And she got down on her knees in front of him and held her hands. Whoever it was, that was the mark of respect in the Ugandan culture that Trevor finds very difficult to deal with. But he needed to allow the cultural ways to work. So this is cultural. And that's not what I want to talk about. I want to talk about the word serving here. It's the same word that Jesus uses later in the gospel when he says, For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. And to give his life a ransom for many. The service that the mother-in-law kicks into immediately after resurrection happens to her. Is to serve others. And serve God. When God meets us on the journey when we find redemption coming and resurrection hope breathing into us, whatever it is we're going through, then the immediate response should be that of Simon Peter's mother-in-law, to serve that God and to serve those that our God wants us to serve. That is the greatest challenge of spending a time in Uganda. When redemption comes, they serve immediately. And self-sacrificially, they serve immediately. So there are the words. Right there in Mark, in seemingly very ordinary scenarios, Jesus comes on Simon Peter, mother-in-law's journey home, to meet her on the way. To meet her in the dark night of her soul. To raise her up, to breathe resurrection and hope right into the heart of her life. And her response, Service immediately, like that double reflex. Grace comes to touch us, and we become grace, livers, people, disciples. So for ourselves this week, were the places that we can be God flesh on to bring a resurrection hope. Maybe in your conversation, in your slight word, in whatever you might do, like the youth worker in the Davis Community Centre that Maureen was in yesterday. was already mentioned to me at Agape at 10 o'clock. And Jim Deeds and I already are planning Four different community centres in the four corners of the city for Maureen to go and hear that four times the stories next year. Somebody coming into somebody's life on a dark road in the night to bring hope and light and resurrection. Where are the places we can be that this week? And where are the places we can be that on this long, dark journey? To peace. Oh there are potholes in the way to that. Oh there are diversions in the way to that. Oh there's a few tarmac roads we go on for a mile or two. And then suddenly we're back in the Murham road. And suddenly we're bumping along again. And suddenly we feel we're stopping. And the night is get closing in on us. And we think we're going back to the bad old days. Where can we as individuals. Where can we as a people of God. Be peacemakers into the dark night of the conflict that is unique to our little corner of the world. We need to be those who breathe hope. That's what we're trying to do at Four Corners. And all of you can buy into that by not only supporting it, you don't need to go to the events, but the aftermath of that, I think there'll be lots of things that will come out of this particular festival. We need to be the church that won the Pax Christi. We need to be the church that follows Ken and Father Jerry into our next part to play in being hope breathers, carriers of home, those who would bring resurrection into very dark nights of the soul. A few years ago, after Martin and I had put ourselves on the line at the Ardash got ourselves into friendships that can sometimes see a little, seem a little bit messy, sometimes not being understood by your community or even your family. Something went wrong in the peace process. And I remember saying to Martin, I just want to give up. We put ourselves in the line and look where we are. And he brought me to Ignatius that said, don't run away from your doubts, run towards them. And then we were at a meeting of church leaders and somebody said, all we can do is breathe some hope into this. And I went home and I jotted down some words and I sent them to Johnny, who's gonna come now, that's your cue, fella. Uh, and um, and Johnny put these words into some sense of music. And I want us to hear them as individuals. I want to hear them here I want us to hear them in the light of this story of Simon Peter's mother being healed, Simon Peter's mother in law being healed at the end of Mark chapter one. And I want us to hear them as we think about where we are. This week, we were up in uh, the Shankill on uh, Thursday night, and I sensed some positivity. I sensed a chink of light. I sensed the door might be ajar again. But it's up to all of us, all of us, to be praying, to be conversing, to be breathing hope and resurrection. Into our individual lives, into our home lives, and into our national life. Will we be the dark? Will we be the death? Or will we be the kiss of grace? Will we be the breath of hope?
1: From all the doubt, and dark beats the light, and we push others away, and lights blind the dark in a brand new day. We need a breath of hope in this dying place, in this valley of death, we need a kiss of grace. Breathe out, breathe out. Need a kiss of grace In this valley of death In this dying place Need a breath of hope Breathe out Breathe out Will I be the dark? Will I be the dark? Will I be the death? Will I be the death? Will I be the kiss? Will I be the kiss? Will I be the breath? Will I be the dark? Will I be the dark? Will I be the death? Will I be the death? Then breathe out they search our souls and find that we are forgiven and being right so wrong and confession is so wise and wrongs can lead to rights and sacrifice to rise need a breath of hope in this dying place in this valley of death we need a kiss and grace breathe out Breathe out I need a kiss of grace in this body of death In this dying place, we need a breath of hope Breathe out Breathe out Will it be the dark? Will I be the dark? Will it be the death? Will I be the death? Will it be the kiss? Will I be the kiss? Will I be the breath? Or Will it be the dark? Will I be the dark? Will I be the death? Will I be the day? Will I be the breath? Oh, breathe in, breathe out, breathe in. Will it be the death? Will I be the death? Will it be the kiss? Will I be the kiss? Will I be the breath, or will it be the dark? Will I be the dark? Will it be the death? Will I be the death? Will I be the breath? Oh.
0: Let us be still for a moment. Lord we need a breath of hope in this dying place in this valley of death we need the kiss of grace will we be the dark will we be the death or will we be the kiss will we be the breath of your resurrection hope Lord we pray for each of us in the silence Maybe we need that breath of hope breathed into us. Lord, may your spirit whisper to us. May your spirit raise us up. May your spirit give us that hope that in spite of the evidence, we might see the evidence change. Lord, in the quiet, Holy Spirit, breathe your resurrection hope and then Lord we're aware that we leave here to go out into a world that is broken that is lost in Babylon that doesn't even know the direction of the journey home we go out into a divided community where they still bicker and fight over all kinds of issues that cause those of us on the streets to be frustrated, feeling a little hopeless. Lord, help us to see that resurrection is not going to come down the hill from Stormont. But that it's here in this building right now and that we are the people of the risen King who need to take that breath of hope up the hill to storm So we pray, Lord, that you would make us hope breathers, resurrection carriers, that Emmanuel, God with us, might move us to be those who would meet our little country on the road to the kingdom with the kingdom come here Lord breathe into us breathe into us your love and your grace and your power and send us out send us out to bring resurrection in our homes, our streets, our city, and our country. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.